This is the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless, a weekly podcast hosted by Chris Milson, a podcast to help break the stigma of mental health and to remind everyone that it is okay to be not okay, and to remind those that they are never alone. Please also note that Chris is not a psychologist or psychiatrist and is speaking from research and experiences. Trigger warning for those for the possible explicit content and language. What's up, Warriors, and welcome to another episode of the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless. I am Court, of course, am your host, Chris. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, this is coming out in February, so I hope you guys all had a very safe holiday. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Today's uh, topic, um, we're actually going to be covering, um, I did a podcast similar to this a couple months ago, and unfortunately, it didn't really translate that well. It didn't really uh, go over that well with uh, a lot of the feedback that I got. So um, today's special guest is, um, he is a brother, he is a warrior. Um, he is currently serving in the Army of the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, we're going to be talking about men's mental health, you know, male suicide, and of course, struggles that fathers go through with our today's uh, court system. So please help me welcome Chad. Chad, how you doing, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you so much for coming on uh, today's podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. I'm a fan of yours. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. <laughs> um, so before we, uh, dive into, uh, today's podcast, I just want to say thank you for your service. Um, I think, uh, that needs to be said a lot more in today's world because for some reason there's that black cloud over military and police officers and stuff. So thank you so much for your service. For sure, man. For sure. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the recognition. Of course, man. Um, so tell us a little about yourself. Tell us uh, why you come on to uh, today's podcast and a little bit of your story for our listeners. Yeah, so uh, I came on to the podcast because, number one, I, I, I am a, a fan of yours. Um, I have came on the podcast uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, for men, men's mental health, uh, something that I've experienced myself. Um, uh, I, I have been through court systems, uh, child custody court systems that um, – that uh to be honest with you is to be honest is really unforgiving um i also lost a brother in 2005 due to suicide um i've i've, I've been through some stuff in my life and uh and that's more than that but i don't want to get off the topic um but yeah i've i've, I've experienced a lot of things um i mentor a lot of uh not just my soldiers but uh a, a lot of guys that that are personal friends and they come to me advice and um, I wouldn't say I got it down, but I, I, I believe that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm damn well versed in it. So I feel like, you know, every day's a, a learning curve, you know, if we're dealing with mental health struggles, it's every day is a new lesson and every day is a new day to essentially start over and do better than you did yesterday. Um, for sure. For sure. Before, before I lost my brother, uh, in 2021, um, you know, his famous saying was defeat the me of yesterday. And I got that tattooed on me on his two year uh, anniversary. And, you know, I, I just want to express my condolences to you as well for losing a brother. It's really hard to digest that. It's really hard to, you know, uh, interpret that that loss. So, you know, sorry for your loss. man. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I appreciate you for the 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 admiration, man. I, I appreciate you for the empathy. Um, you know, I, I lost my brother, uh, and I'm sorry for your loss too, man, as well. Um, I lost my I lost my brother in 2005, and I think I was about 15, no, about to turn, oh, about 14 years old, about to turn 15. Um, and uh, my brother took his his life in a hotel room, and uh, um, he was a 26 year old guy. Um, now I looked at myself, I'm past 26, I'm 35, just turned 35 on December 20th. And uh, as I, uh, you know, I, I, the last thing I, I told to my brother, we got into an argument, the last thing I told to him was I hated him. And I, uh, I, I think about that constantly uh, as, as they go by. So I really don't watch what I say to people, especially to brothers, you know, um, you can never get too mad at a person that you say you hate them. And but uh, make a long story short, uh, my 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 brother was dead in the hotel room. Um, I was found by my mom, and my mom uh, walked in, put her head on his chest and and stuff. But before that, she told me around three o'clock in the morning uh, they were on the phone, and and my my brother, my mom, uh, as I'm getting up early in the morning, just give me something to eat. My my mom tells me um, that she believed that my brother's dead. And I said, Mama, what are you feeling? You know, it's it's not that bad. You know, what I'm saying don't 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 just just say some stuff. But um, she said, no, I think that your brother's dead. I just feel it, and uh, you know, moms get a sensation, whether it be moms or dads, get that uh get that feeling, and when their child has has, has suddenly passed, um, and he passed, and we you know going in and walking in our hotel room, and he was dead. Uh, put his he had his head uh, um to the right and. Had blood coming from his nose and his mouth. I think he had this of medicine. Um, and he said he just didn't want to be here anymore. And uh from that day on, it it really, it really started my my uh, my introduction into the real world. Because at that point, no matter how, what had happened, I know I got shot at um just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, just the area that I was from. Uh, and uh making a long story short, you know, I he ended up taking his, you know, life in a hotel room. And sometimes I think about it, you know, uh, what if my brother uh, was able to receive that that good word from a man? Um, would he still be here? And I believe he would. It was because my brother was talking himself into something that ultimately killed him. It wasn't it wasn't those pills that killed him. It was it was my brother's um, voice and yeah. saying, hey, I'm going to convince myself that I'm going to kill myself. So he killed himself. Right. Yeah, man. And, you know, you you said something uh, really powerful um, of, you know, watching what we're saying. Right. And mm -hmm. I feel language is something that is so important when it comes to, you know, just the mental health community, you know, just the world in general, because, you know, you don't mm -hmm. know what people are going through. Right. And right. you said you were 15, right? I was 15. Yeah, I was. I just turned 15. Just turned yeah. 15. Um, so mm -hmm. just a little background on myself. Uh, I was 14 okay. when. I attempted my first time and Jesus. you know, it's, it's one of those things where when you're feeling suicidal, when you're feeling like, you know, there's, there's no hope it's, you want to be heard, you want to be seen, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I can sympathize with so many people that feel suicidal and even more so the people that have lost people to suicide, because it's like some people see the signs and some people don't know what those signs are. You know, sometimes those signs are very obvious and, mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I'm sure it eats you up with that whole thing. But, you know, it's unfortunately 
as as human beings, sometimes you can't control everything. Well, not sometimes. Most of the time, we can't control everything as much as we want we to. No, we can't. Um, what we can do, though, is how we re- uh, how we react to said situations. And you know, now that he is no longer struggling and no longer in pain, and it sucks that he's not here with us. And an awful way to go, but. I would rather somebody not being, uh, you know, not feeling pain anymore, not struggling anymore. And uh, opposed to, you know, being here and struggling with those thoughts and it be getting worse and worse. Cause for sure, you know, imagine if you were older and being able to process that, you know, like you're processing now and mm-hmm. understand, you know, it could have hit you heavier, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like I said, it, you can only control how you react to things. And it's, it's great to see that you advocate, so heavy for for men and just suicide in general because I, I i say it every podcast man suicide is such a taboo subject and mm. not enough people want to talk about it so it's it's always great to see a, a fellow man being willing to have those conversations because it's a really conversation uh really hard conversation to have mm. for sure man you know i talk about this all the time you know really you you have to really get to know yourself and, and really know the trajectory of your mind, you know, um, a lot of people don't understand that depression can be, um, you know, can be, can be born with it from, you know, hereditary, you know, it can, it can come from a lot of places or it can come from you, just your regular struggles on every, every day. Then, uh, what people, uh, feel as though they, they, how would I say it? Um, just the, the whole, um, what a man needs to, to do, what he needs to do to feel like a man, you know, it can it can it can really drive a man crazy. Just yeah. the 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 whole thing that that men are are having to do. They have to deal with family. Um, they have to deal with conflict resolution. They're always seen as though they got to lead something, uh, which is a good thing, but it can weigh heavily on a person's mind. And uh, one thing I would tell all people all the time is that, and I'll tell guys all the time. I'll say, you know, I say, when have you felt that you were depressed? And uh, they they said, hey, I just start feeling it when this happened, when this happened, when this happened. And I told them and I said, oh, you, you know, and they tell me they're suicidal. I said, ah, you're suicidal right now. Yeah, I know. I feel it. And then every man has felt that. I think that every man has felt suicide uh, at one point in time in their life. I said, but yours is not uh, to the point that you, you know, you have, you know, that stuff goes down your lineage, you know, hereditary. You know, it's not to the point that um, uh, it's just in your blood. You know, um, you're just going through something right now. And I promise you, if you, if you, if you, uh, if you take one foot in front of the other, uh, I guarantee it is gonna it's gonna it's gonna work out good for you. Right now, um, what you're dealing with right now has nothing to do with what you're gonna be dealing with in the future. Um, there's hope in the future, and I think that people really put their head down and really kind of understand that right now is just a situation. Right now it doesn't mean that it's gonna be always. It's just right now, and I'll tell that to my sons as well. Um, son is look it's right now it doesn't mean that you're you're going to be um in this situation forever but there is a lesson that i think that we really have to learn from these type of encounters what happens uh, i do believe that um situations like this sets us a set of course for our destiny i don't i don't believe that people they got some people that struggle but they got some people that really really struggle and when you really really struggle like that you have a destiny and it's just like you when you you know you're 14 years old you're you're your kid and that stuff happened. If if that stuff didn't happen to you, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, right. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the um, 
the ability to even know who you are. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you would have went through with it, I would have never known you. Um, but it's, it's, and I'm a man of, of faith, you know, um, you, you are here for a reason. The situation that you're going through is, is, it went for a reason and it's bringing out awareness to help brothers like myself and to help brothers like you. And I know that one guy is going to be looking at it. I know this. Yeah, they're going to be looking at this and they're going to be saying, well, I'm on my last hand right now. Just, just if you have to go sleep, you know, go, go get some meat, go lay down. I promise you within a couple of hours, you'll feel a, a certain type of way. You feel different than where you are. And you could probably be mentally exhausted. Right. There's a lot of things that play a part in why we feel the way we feel. Yeah. But I promise you, if you, if you push, if you push forward, um, it's going to be different. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, one of the biggest influences in today's society, you know, social media driving a lot of people's mental uh, health going, you know, south. Right? Yeah. And I feel, you know, it's great that we have these certain months that, you know, highlight, you know, suicide awareness and suicide prevention and mental health and everything. And I feel when we can have this conversation of, you know, men's mental health matters too. Mm-hmm. instead of it just being, you know, uh, delegated to one month, same with, you know, women's mental health month, you know, cause I can personally tell you from a content creator's perspective and a mental health advocate, anytime that I have said men's mental health matters too, it's always met with venom. It's always, oh, met with, oh well women's mental health matters too. And I'm like, bro, I'm not, oh, so man. <laughs> and it's- it goes back to what you were saying of you know uh certain men just you know we need to go sleep we need to just go relax and you know unplug and shut down for a little bit and Mm. you know tomorrow might be another day and Mm. we're not encouraged enough to speak about those things that are are going wrong in our life and when we do it's met with what i was just saying oh well men don't go through this men don't go through that and it's like bro a lot (laughs) We have to be strong for so many people oh, like, man. like yourself. You're you're a father, you're mm-hmm. a provider for those those mm-hmm. kids. And yes. that's that's a lot. Like just that in general is a lot. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. do it because you love them. You do it because you want to show them what strong can look like. Mm-hmm. And being strong is a great thing. And uh, you know, the social norm of men having to be leaders, men having to be providers, and this, this, and this. We have so many expectations put mm-hmm. on us as as men, mm. you know, and you know the the parenting aspect of it alone. There's a lot of expectations there. I you know there I can't is. begin to imagine what those um, expectations look beyond uh, a stable relationship with mm-hmm. said mother of the kids. Mm-hmm. So diving into that now. Um, Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the, the courts. Of, <laughs> we're really uh, getting into it, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna go head first. Okay, man. all right. Um, so let's talk about the custody courts. You know, you had mentioned that they play a significant role in misplacing children and fathers. So if you want to speak to that, just uh, either from your experience or if you want to just create awareness around that with what you can say, um, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. OK, so I, I, I can't say much because I'm currently in the custody battle myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not that's not, you know, in my best interest to do. 
However, um, I understand what that is. I understand what parental alienation is. Some people don't understand. Um, but I also understand what bias within the court system is. And um, you will be surprised if you have a man judge versus a ladies judge, um, their whole perspective on what you know a father is, who should have the rights of a father, uh, I mean, uh, of the children. And it's so, it's, it's so complex because um, first of all, parental alienation is, uh, it's a manipulative, uh, manipulation with one parent, um, you know, uh, typically, uh, alters the mind of a, of a child by manipulating them, um, basically by spewing off bad information to them. Um, and so the alienated child, what we would call the alienated child, which is they have the alienated child and they have the targeted parent. Um, and the alienated child um, typically hates the targeted parent for no reason. And that is one telltale sign that you can really um, see that, that hey, that you're dealing with a, a child from current alienation. Um, I was looking at, at some, I was doing research on YouTube, and they have the past, the present, and the future. One of the psychologists had kind of talked and really, um, really hit me from it and you have past, present, and future. And the past and the present typically goes um, hand in hand. And like, they would hold a picture up to the child and they were like, hey, is dad, you know, I, I see that you had a, have you ever had fun with dad? And the, the child would say, no, I never had fun with dad. Okay, well, um, here goes a picture. Did you ever have fun with dad now? You guys are smiling and laughing. And they will be like, no, I ain't never had fun with dad. That's one of the telltale signs that um, that child is alienated. Um, furthermore, you know, uh, like I said, it's past, present, and future. In the future, uh, they would just ask the child, hey, you know, um, what what do you, how can dad make this right? You know, specifically, how can dad make this right? And the child says, well, they can never make it right. No, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want this, you know, and that's a, that is right there is parental alienation, for sure. Because ultimately the child's mind has been altered um, to believe that that the father, and you know, let me highlight this. And it's most mostly it's men that's going through this. Now they have some cases where women go through this too. So I'm not gonna knock the ladies that that are actually going through this. However, the the vast um, majority is women. I mean, men that are actually going through this. And um, so when you actually get into the courtroom, it's so crazy because. What they first do is it's uh it's a thing called um, a civil bullet tactic and and it's it's it goes hand in hand with parental alienation. It's civil bullet tactic. I can paraphrase. I give you the best uh, paraphrase I can. It's where someone makes a false allegation against the other uh, without probable cause. Like you don't have any evidence or anything like that, but they can make a false allegation where maybe a biased person, like a lawyer or a judge could take this information and say, you know what, that confirm is what we call uh, confirmation bias is where we could, they confirm what they believe already there. And ultimately you can present as much evidence as you want, but if their mind is already made up, their mind is already made up. And so um, that's where the bias, that's where the biasism within the courts come from. And I think that uh, a lot of times where you can have an implicit bias or explicit bias, implicitly is where you're just conditioned to believe that a male is wrong no matter what you don't have any education on it you just know that that's what's supposed to happen and explicitly is when 
you have a narrative that you want to push where, yeah, I understand that this, this dad is, is right. Um, we, he presented the great evidence. Uh, it's clearly shows that he's innocent, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to the mom anyways, because it's just the right thing to do. Cause I like it. It's my narrative. Right. And, uh, what that does is it crushes the, the, the father and the child's relationship. And I think that, and, and, you know, studies have already shown that, um, keeping the father away from the child, the child's more likely to, uh, go to, go to prison, um, they're more likely if it's a if it's a lady. They're more likely to um, get impregnated at a younger age. Um, uh, they're less likely to you know even even uh, finish college, little things like that because fathers bring discipline and correction, right. and uh, that's something that's so pivotal to the development of who we are and our character and our morals. Um, so that's what really happens. I, I always say this. Men are not leaving their children. They're being forced out. And they're being forced out silently. It's very, very silently. Um, and I think that we've done a grave injustice as men um, that we, number one, we don't educate ourselves on this situation. And number two, um, uh, we don't bring awareness to the situation. Um, and so, you know, some people bring awareness, but we don't, we don't support it because right. typically ourselves haven't went through it. Right. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I, I can, I can speak to my own experience, you know, like I was telling you before, uh, my mm -hmm. parents divorced at a very young age and, uh, my parents played tug of war with us, uh, probably almost my entire life up to my sister was like 18 and, you know, like I was telling you before we were recording the silver bullet bullet tactics, I've never heard that phrase before. Mm -hmm. And when I read the definition of the, you know, the false allegations of abuse, um, sure. my mom did that to my dad and wow. would tell my wow. sister that she used to, uh, my dad used to beat her and do all mm. these things. And she tried that on me and my brother for mm -hmm. the longest time. Mm -hmm. And you know, I feel it's great that we have you as a having a father's perspective. And I also feel mm -hmm. it's important to speak from, uh, you know, the kid that went through, you know, went through this. You know, I mm -hmm. everything that, you know, we wanted to cover on here, I have been through, you know, the parental wow. alienation thing um, mm -hmm. is something that I feel is super uh, important to talk about because, uh, my sister and my dad don't have a relationship at all. And that's because of my mom. Um, she basically brainwashed my sister into believing that my dad never gave a shit about her, that money was always a factor between my mom and my dad. And, you know, speaking through the custody part, you know, my dad was paying child support when we were living with him. And, wow. Wow. you know, Florida wow. is really bad when it comes to child custody. And I always used wow. to ask my dad, I'm like, why are you still paying child support if we're living with you? Why are you still giving her money? And he explained to me, like, you know, uh, Florida is a really heavy mom state. You know, the yes. mother, yes. regardless of yes. Yes. what happens, it's mm -hmm. the mother is always in the right, uh, no matter right. what. And one of, I, I think it's important to bring up her case just for the simple fact that nothing happened to her. Casey Anthony. 
Everybody mm. remembers Casey mm. Anthony. Nothing happened to her. No, mm. And you know, the whole the whole case got thrown out the window and mm. nobody batted an eye. Now mm. let's let's reverse the roles for a second here. Mm-hmm. And there would be no throwing out the case. There would be mm-hmm. no, you know, there's tampered evidence, nothing. The father, nine times out of ten, would probably go to prison. They would find something on him. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, we, that's what they say, man. We hey, we gotta make a we gotta make an example out of this man. Right. And uh and uh you got so many men that are filled with prison. Yeah. I've seen so many of my friends that that I grew up with are in prison. They either shot. They either killed, murdered, they shot and killed people. And uh, and uh, that was just the environment I was, I was in. Um, but um, I made a better decision to to not to not put myself in that situation. But you have to, I think that people don't understand um, that uh, this is why I, I, I say about bias, without I say by, about bias court systems, um, unfortunately, um, you know, a, a judge can and can can help lives, or or a judge can ruin lives. I, I I've known good judges, I've known bad judges, and um and and you know, even with me, you know, going coming into uh, the first day I started fighting for my child, um, it was it was I can remember like yesterday. It was in 2018. Uh, I, of course, I'm not giving anything about the custody thing, but uh, it was in 2018, and um. I remember I was in college. I had just went back to college not too long ago. And I was in my final semester of, of trying to get my college, uh, my degree from the University of North Texas, which I got a BA in, in, in history. So I like to look at um, uh, how things develop, right? And um, I only had, I remember, I think I after I paid my lawyer, I only had uh, $20 to my name. Now, this $20 was supposed to hold me for uh, three days. Now I, sp- I spent three days there. I didn't have a hotel, didn't have nothing. Right. So I go there, I say, you know what? Um, somebody helped me with the money, which was a good friend of the families. They helped me with the money just to get my case started. And, uh, they helped me. And I said, they said, Hey man, this is all I got. My mom said, Hey, this is all I got. I say, you know what, mom, I appreciate it. You know, I can, I can make something stretch, you know, I get off the air- airplane, um, hungry as I don't know what, um, I go, uh, to Newport News Airport, and uh, I arrived there, and uh, I have, of course, I have twenty dollars in my name. A Uber ride to my lawyers was about ten, maybe eleven, twelve dollars some change. Oh. And then, yeah, and then I, uh, I also, um, you know, we had such a good conversation. The Uber driver said, "Hey, man, leave me a tip." I said, "All right, leave me a tip." So at this point, I only have five dollars to my name. Now, this is the to get. Back and forth to places, and this is Austin. So, um, you can you can tell that that a bar of candy, a candy bar, cost five dollars, right? right? Well, make a long story short, I, I paid the my lawyer, and then he talks, tell me what he's gonna do. Came up with a plan of action, and then I say, okay, I'm 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 about to go. They look at me, the paralegal, and my lawyer looks at me. And he says, Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> he says, Where are you gonna put your backpack? I said. You know, I I don't know, but I, I gotta I gotta you know I gotta get to the courthouse. He said, "Son, the the courthouse is is five miles, six miles down the way." I said, "Well, I I got three hours. I better start walking." You know, so they look at me and they're like, uh, "No, no, no, we'll we'll take you. Hold on, we'll we'll get somebody to take you." And uh, so I'm shocked because you know I am from Texas, but you know some people you know are 
are not that nice, right? So my lawyer paralegal uh, takes me and uh, I get there and uh, I, I immediately put, you know, have like a couple quarters to put my, my bag and stuff in and stuff like that. And, and then I go there and then I get a verdict, you know, and the verdict is um, uh, that, that, you know, ultimately it's true. Well, they, it's not true, but it's allegations. And my lawyer wasn't right there in court that day. And uh, they were able to get a good guilty verdict on me. And, and that started my whole fight. And uh, for, for one year, I wasn't able to see my children. For one year, one year, one year. And I tell people this, I tell people this all the time. And I think that my life could be made as a storybook, you know, uh, like even a film um, to highlight what happens when a father is fighting for his kids. Because I'm on a double-edged sword. I'm, I'm paying child support. And I'm fighting my kid, which costs from three thousand to forty thousand dollars average. Oh my yeah. god. Average. I, I, I always tell I'm I'm above twenty thousand. I can tell you yeah. that right now. I'm above twenty thousand. Oh. And 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 the years that it takes out of your life. Right. Um, you're so used to fighting that once you stop fighting, you're just uh, man, this doesn't numb. even feel right. Yeah, yeah, you're numb. So the the average is 30 days. Um, to seven years for uh, parental alienation, well, for uh, custody battles. And uh, that's the reason why. So now men are having to pay child support and they're having to pay um, to clothing and take their kid. And then they have to pay on the, on the other end, the attorney fees that you need to pay it. You know, right. you have to pay it. Um, and they're just paying too much. They can't afford to even live. They can't afford to even pay for their, you know, basic needs, you know, right. and because they're in a fight. So. And, you know, um, I, I think it's, you know, I'm not against child support at all. I, I understand, right. the, you mm -hmm. know, I understand the concept of it. Right. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of situations where, yeah, I, I agree that said party should pay child support. Right. But right. I also feel that there are a lot of people, you know, on both sides of the fence that abuse that child support. Yes. And, yes. Um, you know, speaking to, you know, my, my uh, experience as well. Uh, my dad uh, paid child support one, one time to my mom and instead of using it, you know, for us, um, mm -hmm. she had, oh wait, no, it wasn't, it wasn't child support. It was income tax when she claimed us uh, instead of oh, using wow. it for, for us at all. Uh, she bought a truck for her uh, at the time boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> classic. That's classy, and, man. That's classy, dude. It's, it's crazy to me how none of this is regulated. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like if, if there's like child support and being paid, like I think it should go into, you know, like an account or something to make sure it's going to the kids. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, again, Florida being the way that it is with the court systems and custody and stuff, man, it's God, man, you said you're about twenty thousand. You said, no. yeah, yeah, even more than that. You know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta tally up the, the thing. But think about, it. I've been fighting since two thousand eighteen, yeah, and um, I've been fighting there. You know, my lawyer is not cheap, which I, I appreciate it, man. I, I mean, I love my lawyer. I got a, I got a great lawyer. I really do. Just a, uh, a lawyer that's his morals are, are, are up there with the greats. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he, and he really looked out for me. He really looked out for me. I don't mind paying that man whatever he needs to be paid to to do what he needs to do because he knows exactly what he do, does. He's a forty years experience in lawyers. Um, he even told me he said, "Man, you know, Chad." He said, "This is by far the worst 
uh, out of my 40 years of fighting, he said, this is by far the worst uh, uh, alienation, parental alienation I've ever seen before in my life. And we laugh about it. We laugh about it all the time because now we, I guess we get so numb to it. But you also got to understand, um, and he kind of explained to me, he says, you know, and I, I looked it up and stuff. I did a lot of research on the system. And uh, people don't understand that there is joint custody, joint joint custody, and there's joint physical custody, and there's soul custody. Um, typically, whenever they have soul custody, uh, a mother has soul custody, which if you look at statistics, um, a lot of women have more soul custody than they do joint physical custody. Right. So they got soul custody, joint custody, and they got joint physical custody. And uh, soul custody is where uh, not only do the mother make the big bucks, but the um, the the court system too make the big bucks. And so once they hit soul custody, they're able to uh, take more money uh, from the dad. And and then with that being said, uh, you limit more time with the father, and that's why. This is such a a, a silent killer to yeah. families because um, if you look at all the statistics, it shows um, it shows that the mother is getting a lot of soul custody, um, and it, and it's limited the time. It's giving more money that the man has to pay, but it's limited the time that they have interaction between the father and the child, the bonding time. And we all know that when it happens, what happens to them? They become statistics. Uh, for the love of money, if we look at it right now, the average, I think last year, um, Child Support uh, Bureau um, said that they received $60 billion in child support uh, every, every year annually. annually, And that's that's where they get their money is the taxing. That's why, like, whenever the two parents are like, no, 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 I don't want to be put on child support. I don't want to be I don't want my husband to be put on child support or my my significant other. They're like, no, he's going on child support. And the reason why he's going on child support is because the state can can tax that and they can get receive uh money from that as well. So right. that's that's where the whole system it, it it interferes with with the families. Right. Um so one question I had since you know you're serving sure. in the army and everything. Um mm -hmm. do they do they help you at all? You know, like mental health resources or anything, or like court systems, like do they help you at all? um with that or is it just kind of like all on you yeah so 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 here's the thing so in the united states military within um any military branch you you're accustomed you're you're accustomed to ucmj actions right um that is where uh the military has its own jur jurisdiction branch they have their own laws set of rules and stuff like that and typically the judge is a colonel um uh, they have boards, they have panels that they meet on. Hey, is he guilty or is he not guilty that they have to sit on each week for a soldier like myself? Um, I have a soldier right now and I, I, I'm remembering him as we talk. I'm still helping him through his situation. Um, and this is this is how bad it is. This is where uh, my nonprofit is going to come into action um, because, uh, number one, this is what happened. He was abused and uh, he was abused twice right and twice she went to jail um she went to jail uh what was it uh she went to jail in texas and then she went to jail in north carolina and they have documentation of this um now the kids were living with her at one point in time in in uh in texas and uh you know anybody knows that they still have texas still has jurisdiction jurisdiction 
over any state if they are living in that state for six months. Well, make a long story short, um, she filed under Texas and he had to appear in Texas within less than a week. He was given notice and they had to appear less than a week, but he can't appear because he has two kids that he is watching and, uh, and, and having because the mother went to jail and because of domestic violence. Well, the judge, um, two things. The judge did not support the Service Member Act. And if you look at the Service Member Act, you have to give the Service Member a, a certain amount of days, which is a month, to get their stuff in order to have the kids be watched and stuff like that. And uh, the judge did not uh, recognize that in Texas. And so they served them. They say you had to appear within less than a week. And he just didn't understand. And they did not support the Service Member Act. And that's a federal law. But they don't support it in the in the uh, bottom there's unless you fight for it right yeah and uh make a long story short they were able to get a cuss a temporary custody order where he had sole legal visitation she has sole custody um and she is able to have the kids and he has to pay her a thousand dollars um a month for the kids and he's the one that has them now if you look on the situation uh with his command his command does not support him and um, I'm almost about five seconds away from going to his command and saying, hey, man, what are you guys doing? This guy's been abused. He's a victim of domestic violence. How can you guys treat that bad? Well, the male soldiers are, are ignorant because they lack education on the situation that he's going through. Uh, and he is also um, uh, they also don't understand what parental alienation is. They don't really, they don't have kids themselves. So they are trying to tell him what he needs to do with his children. And they don't have children themselves. And we all know that if you have a kid, you love that kid with all your heart. Right. And to to give it to a pack of wolves, to anybody that is going to be bad for them, uh, it does something to you mentally. And that those, those, that officer did nothing to support that soldier. And, uh, and I want to change the narrative, especially in the military, starting the military and civilian. And I want to push a narrative that men are victims too. Men can go through these things right. too. But because we are hardened in the military a lot of the times, we become bad leadership because we don't lack, we lack empathy. Um, and we're not educated on parental rights. Um, but no matter what in the military, that uh, civilian custody orders trumps the military custody orders that's 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 the whole thing so they were able to get him there so we don't know what's going to happen here pretty soon um he's trying to navigate the whole situation but he's gonna have to probably give the kids up for 11 days uh 11 days well until he goes back to court and that's gonna be on january 11th um but she lied about a lot of things and she was given the benefit out of the doubt he she never took out uh, um a cut uh, anything on him anything and he's the one that's abused and he's the one that's I, I, I talked to him. I said that this this is what happens whenever you go into custody courts uh, for your children. You are going to no matter what you're going to be deemed that you are um, somehow a monster uh, uh, and, and you will you are incapable and competent enough to take care of your children. And that's just not the case. I see single fathers every single day that are coming up. They don't even ask for handouts. They just do what they have to do. And uh, of course, we're men, we have pride, right. but he, they don't even ask for it. They just do it and they don't even ask for a pat on the back. 
we men are very, very strong. And I think that a lot of times, you know, how they did statistically, they say that uh, being in a house with a father alone is equivalent to being in a, in a, in a house with two adults, two, two parents, a male and a female. So um, I think that things are starting to change as we start to push the narrative and, and push understanding education. Um, but it's, it's changing pretty slowly. And I think that with our nonprofit organization, um, Man with a Long Road, when I get it up, we're going to get the website and stuff up and going here soon. Um, we're going to, it's going to be a fraternity of men that are going to, we're going to fight and we're going to hold people in, um, you know, uh, places accountable for how they treat dads, fathers, and the children. And it needs to happen because yeah. we are dying by suicide and we are dying um, by just uh, dying inside. We can't kill ourselves a lot of times, but sometimes we can't kill ourselves because we know that, you know, we may be religious or whatever, so we're here to suffer. And, you know, one time my mom had said, this is the last thing I'll, I'll say before I let you go. Um, you know, my mom told me, she says, Chad, I said, yeah, what's up, mom? And she's deal with, she, she understood this situation. She says, baby, listen, I... I lost two boys. I say, yeah, I know mine, you know? And she says, but you got it worse. And I said, I just don't understand what you mean, mom. What, what, are, you, what are you trying to refer to? I kind of got offensive. I was like, no, mom, you lost two boys. She said, yeah, but baby, I think you got a little bit worse than, than mama. She said, you have, you lost two girls. And they're alive. They're kicking, screaming, yes. and they're smiling. And uh, and it's unjustifiably. And she said, you lost them and you're still fighting. And I said, you can imagine what they're doing right now. You can't even be in lives of children. Uh, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then that really put it in perspective that I need to fight. I need to fight for my children. And I've been fighting ever since. And it's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's, you know, that's the most important part is that it's slowly getting better. You know, the, I feel mm -hmm. the fight is the most important part. And, uh, you know, just a couple things I wanted to uh, touch on. Um, mm -hmm. Number one being uh, the biggest thing I wanted to bring up is I feel on this whole journey of, you know, the whole equality conversation. You know, everybody loves uh, that conversation. Uh, we, uh, we have fought so long to, you know, have everybody on this level, right? Men and women yeah. at the same level, financially, spiritually, emotionally, whatever. In that journey of trying to create quality, equality, we mm -hmm. have quite literally buried men. And, yes. you know, women are encouraged to speak out. Women are encouraged to leave their relationships. We're uh, encouraged to uh, leave relationships. And uh, another thing, um, I feel mm. today's society for some reason is trying to normalize um, is not having a nuclear family being a normal thing. And for sure. you know, this whole broken home mentality mm -hmm. is so normalized that mm -hmm. we're not seeing the damage that it's doing to the kids because like you said, the biased uh, courts mm -hmm. and um, you know, which brings me to um, I don't know if you've ever heard Chris Rock talk about, uh, his custody um, situation. So yeah, he that. was basically saying how a judge was telling him that he needed to provide proof that the kids are going to have a bed, uh, a full refrigerator, you know, uh, uh, you know, how a stable house that they can live in. This man is a millionaire. 
and still having to prove mm-hmm. all those things are going to be there for his kids is maddening to me. It's madness. It's it's it's, and this is what I'm saying. This is why I, I I tell people, and this is just exhibit A, right? You got you have a guy that is financially stable, well beyond his means, uh, and he is without a benefit out questioned. He's questioned by his sanity. If he's not questioned by his sanity, he's questioned the ability to provide. Or are you emotionally intelligent to uh, love these kids? You have empathy. Um, and this just shows you right there. He also said uh, dogs, what do you say? Uh, uh, dogs children, and women are loved unconditionally. Uh, unconditionally. and But a man is loved by how, how he can provide, what he can provide. And that is sad. And that is sad. And, and it, it it is the reason why every time I look at my brother, I'm like, okay, I understand now. I didn't understand before, but I understand now. We if 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 you look at everything that are happening, sometimes people are given jobs and careers because of you know they they want to push this narrative, you know. And I know for sure within the military, it's really hit us um, really really hard. Um, you know, I'm not gonna say anything. Um, I'll just keep my my mouth shut on that on that, on <laughs> right. that situation, you know. So, um, but I I I do I do recognize that it's it's true, um, and uh, um, they are saying that men should shut their voices, women should elevate their voices. If you look at the situation now, I'm I told people before, I'm 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 big, I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter. I, I I support Trump and uh, his ability to run the nation. I believe that he is better for us when it comes to running the nation. I, I say that because he has no holes bar. Um, you know, if you look at everything that had happened before, um, they don't like him, not because he's Trump and his 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 executive decisions. They don't like him because of his ability to actually talk and speak. They call him arrogant. But if you look at um, you know, these, you know, our our, our ladies within the black community, within our community, within the African American community, and they're, you know, they're they're you know, showing their, their their backside and, you know, and stuff like that. And then they praise them and they call it uh, independent or, or you know, it makes them, you know, feel empowered somehow um, by showing your backside. You don't have to do that, baby. You don't have to do that. You know, I know a plenty, a lot of women that I have respect for that I just, I will, I will protect. They don't even have, they could be mad. I still protect them because of the way they carry themselves. Um, just, just, just to say, Hey, that's a woman in our presence. That's, that's what we want, you know, but I think that men are becoming, um, that are not encouraged to be masculine at the, at the expense of trying to make our ladies feel, uh, accepted. And, and sometimes it's going to be real with you, man. Sometimes, I mean, a lot of times our ladies, uh, are designed for certain things. Men are designed for certain things and we can't give everybody the acceptance, um, at the expense of a of a of a of a situation that's gonna make it worse for everybody. Right. So I feel as though um, uh, we're we I don't believe in the equality thing. We're not all equal. We're not. Right. Men can't have babies. You know. Um, uh, women can't get another woman pregnant. You know. It's just. It just. It's just not. It's not logical. And they typically they want to shut men up. They want right. to push narrative. And if you look at the stuff that's happening within. Um, uh, you know, allegations. It's a civil bullet tactic, but it's on a larger scale. You know, it's they push so allegations. Bad. Oh my God! It's it's uh, politicians, 
um, uh, rich people, if you're a rich person and you just have sex one time, you know, you're more likely to, to get a lawsuit. People can come back 20 years. You know, it, it, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's really, really bad. Even if um, I knew that I person, don't remember, no, you have to have it. I don't remember who it was. I, I believe he was a football player um, mm -hmm. that recently got out of an allegation suit. Um, mm -hmm. This woman was basically saying that, uh, you know, he had drugged her and, you know, assaulted her while she was, you know, drugged up and stuff. And I guess like text messages leaked to uh, from her and her best friend saying that she had this whole uh, elaborate plan. Oh, you know, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I think I, is that the punter? Is he with college? I think so. I think okay, so. so he was a college. Yeah, he was a college guy. I played football myself, and I was an ex football player in college and stuff. And uh, you know, it 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 a lot of the guy. It wasn't bad back then, right? You know, you know, ladies throw yourself at you. But what was happening with social media is, uh, it is it is taught to them through through the screen that right. this happened to somebody. Now someone says, okay, well I can do the same exact thing, and it 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 just creates a a domino effect. Right. Um, also, if you look at the Salem, Salem witch trials, it's it's a it's a you can go back and reference that you know Salem witch trials that that happened in here in the colonies in the uh, fifteen hundred um, in the fifteenth century, um, and you know those were um, uh, women that were accused of being witches, and uh, you know they didn't want to go down themselves, so they brought another person with them and another person with them and another person and just spread like wildfire. Right. I think that what's happening now is people are afraid to stand on what's happening or they're afraid to call it out because they themselves will be a target. And I believe that when we 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 come in together as men and say this stuff has got to stop, you know, that's when the political correctness, there's a political correctness that's ruining our land. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a political correctness that's ruining. I mean, it's like it's like it's unforeseen folk. Right. Um, that is just it's just wiping everything out. And what it's doing is it's undermining people's authority. Right. Um, and it's it is making uh government officials corrupt. Um, and it's and it's it's ultimately um and it's making them corrupt uh by um pushing false allegations. People are playing the false allegations. I wanna be everybody wants to be the good person. Right. Nobody wants to be a person that can stand up and say, look, man. Like how we do in the military. Look, man, right. this is not what's going to happen. All right. You may not like it this way, but this has to get done. Ultimately. And that's the reason why our military is so good. You know, ultimately it has to get done. Who's going to do it? Well, come right. on, let's go. We got to get it. Get, we got to get it done. Yeah. And, you know, I feel the, you know, of course there are allegations that are true. I'm never going to say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, for sure. I'm never going to say that it never happened, but mm -hmm. um, as a society for some odd reason, we have become a society of guilty until proven innocent, not yes. innocent until proven guilty like it used to yes. be. Um, yes. Do I think there are scumbags that are in the NFL, NBA, NHL? Absolutely. Of course. With, the people like you said, government officials, uh, mm -hmm. presidents, governors, whatever. There are evil people in every stage of life, no matter what their social status is. And like you said, I feel social media has made people so comfortable in mm -hmm. trying to ruin people's lives that we're going back 10, 15 years and looking at a tweet somebody posted when they were 13 years old. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. And you, you yeah, you look at that stuff. And I'm, I just I just think to myself, like, um, we're breeding. We're breeding weak men. 
we're bringing we I'm 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 big on masculinity. Every day I do, I go lift weights, I go shoot, I go do all these things that's gonna make me feel like a man. Not that if when if something goes down, I know I'm I'm able and I got the confidence enough to protect my family. That's the type of man I am. I've always right. been like that, and I never let nobody deter me from feeling the way I feel. I'm I'm every everything masculine, right? And I think that um, when men uh, are afraid to 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 show their masculinity, they become weak. And right. they create other weak men by saying, you can't act like that. That's not politically correct. That's going to make our ladies feel inferior, which I'm sorry, but as a man, men protect. That's their that's their job. And it makes a person feel inferior. Then I don't know what to really tell you. That seems like a personal problem to me, you know? Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's the, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. It, uh, and they will pull up everything. They will pull you know, up everything. You know what's, you know what's funny about what's funny about the the masculine man conversation mm-hmm. is, so you dive into the dating scene, right? You dive into mm-hmm. social media and the dating scene. The new narrative is uh, a hundred and something uh, bullet list of places that a man should not take a woman on a first date. Right? Oh. You you know you know what I'm yeah. talking about? The and, cheesecake factory. Right. Yeah. Like that being like the number one thing. Right. And mm-hmm. I I feel that there is a, a narrative of, you know, women want men who can express themselves. Women want men who can be vulnerable. And yeah. then when it comes to a man being able to show that emotional mm-hmm. intelligence that he possesses, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's not. Uh, we don't want that. You know, we don't want somebody that can hold a door. We don't want this. We don't want that. And then they go after the people that, you know, and I and I hate to sound like, uh, you know, somebody who's throwing a stereotype out there, but oh. they want people that has a criminal record. They want people that, mm. you know, doesn't live within the confines of what a normal person should be. For sure. For sure. And for me, uh, you know, recently I was talking to a woman that I thought was on the same level as me mentally. You know, we shared mm. our intentions with each other and stuff. And mm-hmm. I allowed her to be vulnerable and, you know, take on whatever she was struggling with, which I think as a man, you should mm-hmm. be able to do. For sure. Now, for sure. Um, I, I was vulnerable with her one time, uh, just, you mm-hmm. know, kind of sharing a podcast that I was doing with uh, the guest I had before you. And it coincided with my therapy session. Um, mm-hmm. After that therapy or after I shared that with her, you know, it was met with a dismissive response. She deleted me on all socials and ghosted me Um, oh wow okay okay and as a society that's where we're at Mm -hmm. we're at a a point where social media is guiding these man and woman of what we should be doing in dating what we shouldn't be in dating and it changes every single day Mm -hmm. it's like oh we we can't go here for a first date i don't know you like that so why am i going to take you to exactly exactly no, for sure. They, what, they, what, and then they, you know, we call it gaslighting, man. They they manipulate the situation and then they demonize you for um, taking them to Starbucks, man, to go get them some coffee. And we have interaction with one on one interaction. Hey, man, what do you what do you want? I can buy you some Starbucks. <laughs> right. I'm not about to invest everything in you. I'm I'm sorry, love. That's just not going to happen. And right. then they call you broke. That and right. that's that's a that's a part of the gaslighting. They manipulate. Well, if you were the, and this is the the crazy part now. It, it it it's it's it gets bad when when this happens. Well, if you were a real man, you wouldn't have to worry about real men. Now, this is coming from 
ladies that are that never stepped in a man's shoes that doesn't understand what leadership that leadership role entails they just believe that it's a cool thing to say to get people to do what they want them to do it's a trending thing and if if you're you're a weak type of man you're gonna you're gonna say oh you know what i am real let me let me talk let me show you and and it's like what hold on brother like take a step back and then listen to what she has to say and then you know respectfully you know dismiss her uh, I would say dismiss or, or rebuke her. I would say rebuke because it's not just a Bible term, but it's the ability to correct someone. And, uh, you know, I would always say, hey, I'm look, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but this is how I do things. This is my, you know, in a sense, standard operation procedures, you know, SOP. Um, I don't I don't just take you out. Who are you? I don't I don't right. know you. And then I, I, I turn around. And I'm like, look, I don't know you. That's not. That's not what I I do now. If you wanna if you wanna you know be taken out and wine die you know that's fine, but I, I'm sorry that's just not gonna happen with me. And typically when that happens, you know they they're more like oh you know he's like oh okay okay he's he's got a backbone. I think I think when he when you said when he said criminals, um uh that that's been locked up and all this stuff because it emulates you know it emulates a bad boy mad boy a bad boy to them emulates masculinity. Uh, but masculinity doesn't that has nothing to do with being a bad boy. You can be strong, you know, you can you can mean what you say and say what you mean and still express strong masculinity, you know, when it comes to that type of stuff. But they 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 were they referenced that to masculinity. That's a that's a stigma that oh yeah, he's strong. My man can 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 provide for me, protect me, and all this stuff. No, that love that's he's a, he's he's one guy gunshot away from going uh being in the grave. And 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 then uh, uh, one handcuff away from going to prison for the rest of his life. Right. That's just that's 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 stupidity. But that's how so, they associate. To add to that, um, mm -hmm. do you believe that toxic masculinity is a thing? It is not. That was a psychology term um, given to men uh, within prison, and they basically it was I'm paraphrasing now, but um, where psychologists had came together and they wanted to uh, gauge between which one was the bad inmate in which one was good really is a good inmate because they wanted to study how they acted you know within groups uh that 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 term is is one of the most mis uh misused terms um and they in a in the people that did it was actually um uh, i believe they were they were uh they weren't heterosexual males they were they were gay males you know respectfully um, and you know, they, they, you know, the mainstream media took that and they ran with it and they started to push a narrative about men. Well, they say the same thing about women, you know, uh, a lot of men tell, you know, have reportedly saying that this, this woman has beat the heck out of me and that manipulates me all, you know, all the time, but there's, there's no term to, uh, stigmatize her, you know, she's just a woman, you know, and, that has feelings and all this other stuff, but but to men, they're trying to push a narrative. Um, they're trying to get men out of the out of the out of the leadership seat, but it won't happen. Yeah, it won't happen because if I had to come up to you, if I had to come up to you and your lady in a thing in a in a in a place that you guys were at, I would look at you as a threat. You got you got a beard, you know, you know, you look like you hit the little, you know, you hit the hit the weights a little bit. You got your little shoulders up. You got your hat. I'm looking at him. I'm like that that guy probably got a glad on. You. No, I'm gonna be real. Look, that man, that man, I'm pretty sure he done been through something like he's hard. <laughs> you no, know? and I, I don't I don't want any problems with that man. So that woman right there is safe because if I'm a predator or anything like that, you know, I'm gonna look for the weakest, weakest person. Now I'm gonna look for a person that to me 
you know, is 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 a person that don't have confidence in himself. And he's like, oh, well, he's letting her, you know, do what she wants to do. That's why I'm gonna she's a easy she's for easy picking because no matter what, she may think that she's in right control. But if I was that type of person, who would you who would you go for? I would go for him because he's he's not a threat. He's a threat, but then he's not a threat. He can't, you know, and then she's gonna understand reality real well when I take whatever I want to take from her, throw her down because she can't ultimately she can't deal with my 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 strength, you know. Right. And I think that a lot of ladies need to really understand that. And you know, it's I'm glad you brought it up um in that response because every time we we think of fathers, you know, what what's what's the one word that they associate fathers with all the time? Toxic, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But but today's mm-hmm. society is not ready to have that conversation about toxic mothers. That's a thing, whether Ooh. people want to admit it or not. And for my listeners, um, you guys know my story by now. You know what mm-hmm. I've gone through with my mom. And this is not, of course, all women, nor is it all men of the toxic mm-hmm. father side. But what everybody needs to realize is we're we're not on the same level that we should be. You know, uh, mm-hmm. me personally, I don't think they hear guys like you and I until we're mm-hmm. no longer here, man. Like oh for sure. Look at look at um the Green Ranger uh that just you know took his life last year, right? Yep. My immediate response was I I truly don't think people are going to hear this message that you and I and mm-hmm. other other advocates are trying to heavy push into the limelight until mm-hmm. we're gone, until we're no longer here. For sure, and for sure. It sucks that we can't openly say, yeah, toxic mothers are a thing too. Not just, oh, well, it's just it's just a mom that's struggling with her kids. No, that is a toxic mother. You, you know, it's crazy. I will tell you a story that this is happening. This is happening with my nonprofit. Now, we we I have a board, we have board members. Um, I'm I'm what we call the leading, is is the leader of the other place. And uh a lot of times a lot of stuff had to come through me. Of course, it's my nonprofit. Um, but I'm very, you know, respectful of my guys. I love my guys. You know, I have a a guy that's a Chinook pilot. He's a Chinook pilot. And he he's at Fort Campbell right now. His name is Musa Ritter. Uh, I have another guy that's my cousin. Uh, his name is Mark Stevens. He's a he's an anesthesiologist. Uh, he puts people to sleep. And then I got another brother named, named Derek Smith. He's my best friend that grew up with me since fifth grade. And he's he's he has he handles finances. He's in the Navy. He's actually in Africa right now in Djibouti. Uh, he's working with uh, you know as uh, South operations not him being in it but he's he's supplied so he get to work with those guys shout out to all the guys man from m waller um but i was talking to mark mark is the one that handles the advertisement and mark uh spoke to me on many occasions we actually i was calling him and say hey how's the marketing thing going how's everything going have you found someone that can help us market yet and he goes on and he tells me he says man listen i'm hitting stumbling blocks i've called 10 people today and everybody within Clarksville area that we were in when I was when I was in Clarksville, he said every last one of them understood our mission statement and they did not want to help. I said, okay, well, what 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 do you mean? I said, did you tell him my mission statement? He explained the mission statement, he read it out and stuff like that. And he said that it kind of he said, I said, well, what what did they say? He said for every last one of them, he says that um they explained that it is kind of sexist and they don't want to deal with it. Oh my lord! They don't want to be representation, but we got one guy. His name is Blade. 
and he's right. going to do this stuff for us. Um, and and then this, this is what I'm saying when it comes to these type of stuff. And we talked to him. We said, hey, we want to help men. We want to help men and fathers. They said, well, we, we, we think that is noble what you're doing. But, uh, you know, that can kind of be risky for our business. And so you you have the business side of it that's that's that has to answer to somebody or they have to answer that something. People will, will cancel that business just because they don't want fathers to father's rights situation to come out. And I think that is I'm done talking about the things we're going to push this narrative. We're going to push this true narrative. It's not a narrative because it's true. But we're going to push this and people are going to be educated on it and, and the things and dynamics of everything is going to change. Um, I think that we can't just conversate anymore. I think that we have to put it black and white and say, this is what's happening within our society. This is what it's affecting. This is how it's affecting when we get guys that that are smart and intelligent and they understand statistics and they can present those in a conference to the judges, the lawmakers, uh, you know, to all the important people that are making decisions against this guy's lives. They're not giving us resources like they give our ladies resources. And it is sad, brother. It is, it is sad on, on so many occasions. My friend right now, like I was telling you, he is struggling right now to provide food, formula, all these things. She does not help him with anything. There, That's a problem. And I think that once this Frater this fraternity of men comes up in Waller, man with wrong road because it will happen because I'm I'm just to the point that I'm I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah. You know, we we really need a place where men can get resources. They can receive legal help. They can receive uh, help when it comes to mental health, uh, how their brain function. We need people like professional people that that can actually help that volunteers their time. And we need to we need to really push a narrative to say men are in the situation and we care we want to give you resources and if you know we're not going to stop suicide it's never going to happen right because they're going right. to be men that's going to no matter what they're going to put it in their minds they're going to like at five o'clock today or five o'clock in the morning i'm going to put a gun to my head and i'm gonna blow my head off and that's just going to be what it is you can't stop a man that's how that's how powerful men are right but i can't i can tell you this if we can change the course and causing men not to have ptsd from the court systems We've done a good job. Um, and even social media, we can we can change the narrative. Yeah. We just have to have men volunteer with other men to change that narrative. Right. We can't do it one one by one person, not by one color or one race. We have to do it all together. Black men, white men, Hispanic men, um, um, uh, Indian men, native men, all the men of, of many different colors coming together and fighting for each other. That's what we need. Right. And, you know, I, I agree that, you know, we're, we're not going to prevent all suicides. You know, it's, you know, yes. it's, it's improbable and impossible, but mm -hmm. what we can do is have that conversation and take action. And yes, sir. Yes, sir. For me, um, you know, I, we were watching a hockey game on Thursday, you know, we, we go out every Thursday and, uh, you know, have some wings and, uh, you know, watch mm -hmm. hockey and, um, the crisis hotline is being advertised. It's it's being wow. put on. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, so we're starting to make a dent somewhere. And, right, right. And we went to, uh, my brother and I went to dinner with uh, my grandparents uh, last night. And I was wearing a shirt that had a black flag and it had the purple and blue suicide awareness uh, ribbon on it. And wow. the gentleman turns around to me. He's like, hey, I love your shirt. 
So we're we're making wow. we're making a difference. Wow. wow. And it's wow. it's a powerful message and it's a conversation that we need to have every damn day, no matter how much of a broken record you and I could ever come off as. It's mm-hmm. it's a something that is backed behind so many facts, so many statistics. And yes, the fact that it's reaching our youth is an even bigger problem because it that's getting bad too. There, there should be no reason that ages 12 to 17, anybody in general, but 12 to 17, the number two killer is suicide. There should be no reason for that. And yeah, like I go said, ahead, man, um, that message that you and I and so many others are trying to push man or woman, um, but men specifically in this conversation. Um, for sure, for sure. Needs to be, you know, shouted from the rooftops, thrown in your face like everything else is. And mm-hmm. have so many men that are just silently struggling be able to have conversations like this. We got we got men that are more rational thinking too. I think that rational thinking has a has a uh has a place to do it too. Um, especially when you're rational thinking, you think about a lot of things. You don't just blurt things out just out of out of nowhere. When you're an emotional person, when you lack emotional intelligence, you know, uh, or your EQ for say, um, you're more likely to say, you know, I'm suffering, I'm doing all this, I'm doing all that. With men, it's it's more like, man, I'm suffering, but I'm a man or I don't want to make anybody else feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to just, you know, push it this way. And I remember my mom had told me, she said to me, she said that your your brother said this and it really haunted me. And my mom is a big advocate for men. So she, she's one of the biggest advocates for men. A shout out to mom um, and daddy. And uh, I, I I talked to them and she's, uh, you know, she said that my, my brother said that mom, it, you know, get your stuff ready. You know, I'm not gonna be here for long. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my life. And she was like, "B, why you always say that?" Um, but he was serious, and he says that, "Mom, you know, sometimes the world be better without me." You know, and I and you know, and I never knew that my mom has, but she said she told my my brother, told him not to tell her his, his little brothers, and uh, uh, until I, everything actually happened because he knew what he wanted to do. That's why I told people, no matter what, uh, no matter what happened, I, I believe that. If you if it's already in your mind, it's it's been known for a long time. And right. I think that what we what we can do is creating these nonprofit organizations that let them know, like, okay, this is what happened. This is what constantly happens, right? But there's a way of dealing with it. You know, I think that men need to be mentored. There's not a lot of mentor that are happening because uh because of the the crisis within social media. And there's not a lot of platforms where uh commercials are you know, respecting men's uh, leadership, they're respecting their their empowerment. Then I, you know, they don't do that stuff. They don't do that. They don't do that stuff for men. They do it for for ladies because it's a it's a it's a it's a money thing, you know. But they don't understand that they're killing men. They're killing the men of their generation uh, based off of money, and we won't see a significant decline in it until uh, a lot of men have already taken their life. And I think that is going ultimately is going to be too late. So I think to having being being able to have that that. That that that's that talk about things is going to actually turn uh, the narrative into our side, and then we can create more resources from there. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, nobody wants to help us. Even even when I tried to do things for the nonprofit, they didn't want to help us. They didn't care about helping. They just care about 
how it would hurt them and how it would look with them. And, and, and it, these are, these are over 10 people that we've called, you know, um, of course, I'm not going to say the companies, um, but uh, oh, oh, it was, it was horrible. It was, it was, it was darn right horrible. And, uh, and I think that uh, we need companies that, that support men. And if you look at even Gillette, when they talked about, uh, I think I don't know, it was a couple of years back when they 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 made that thing about about men and and mm -hmm. uh, you know it, it it it's like what are you trying to do, man? What right. what is what are you trying to push? Because it's a false narrative, and I just think that everybody wants to be um, that good guy, right. and a good guy is demonizing men right. um, and elevating our ladies, but demonizing all men, and that's condition. That's socially conditioned when you're when you're when you have to go through that. You don't understand why you're doing it. You're just doing it. Right. You're socially conditioned because it makes you feel good. Right. Um. So yeah. And, and you know also the with the the Coke campaign when they were you know pushing that uh, be less white thing. And oh remember, oh man oh I remember when they did that and you know me obviously mm -hmm. growing up as a white man you know I didn't have to experience what you know, uh, black men and women have had to endure. And right. I sympathize with, with mm -hmm. all the things that they've had to endure. Yeah, yeah, but, of course. But to basically do, you know, what has been done to them, to us, it's like, you know, mm. that divide is still being created there. Yes, yes. I, I don't I don't hate anybody of any color. I don't, whatever, no. their creed, religious, sexual, whatever. I don't hate anybody. Right, right. And, and I, I think we as a society need to stop this us versus them mentality in mm -hmm. every stage of life, whether it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sexual beliefs, whether it's religious beliefs, whether it's race, there there needs to stop that us versus them thing. Because for sure, you know, like you were just saying, you're killing men and you're killing people that are struggling with this in general. For sure. And then like, imagine, imagine a little 12 year old kid who has you know, a mental disorder and they're a white mm -hmm. kid and they read that can be less white. Okay. I mm -hmm. already don't want to be here. And I have a brand that I, I love, you know, drinking or whatever and mm -hmm. be less white. What is, what is it? What does that say to a kid? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing how, you know, that was, that was pushed um, during the civil rights times. I mean, right. you know, you know, you, you, you do redlining when, 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 uh you know, blacks couldn't even, uh, get you know to another neighborhood. You know you're pushing that same narrative or that same thing. Now you now you think that you're doing something good, but you're not. Right. I think that what needs to happen is education. That's that's the only thing that needs to happen and awareness. Yeah. That's that's it. I think that um uh especially I talked to some of the guys um some of the some of the, my guys and I, I work with predominantly white guys. You know I'm a black man, but I work with predominantly white guy. I don't forget where I come from. You know, I'm from the hood, man. I got you. It is what it is. You know, I'm I'm from an area that you know, you see bad stuff, right? Uh, and and some of my my white brothers that might kind of parts I always call my brothers because they are my brothers, no matter what. You know, um, they may have come from a different experience and they may not understand where I come from, but I try to create empathy with them. And I talk to them all the time. I say, I you know, I talk to them and I say, man, look, dude, you're matter, bro. You know, I know that a lot of things that are that are hitting you guys. And to be honest, which is hard as hell trying to be a, a white man, trying to convince others that, you know, um, uh, that you matter or just even give an opinion. You're going to be called a, a racist. You're going to be called a sexist and misogynist. It's going to be a whole bunch of things that's going to be pushed against you. 
Um, but I, I do believe this. I do believe that this this nonprofit that I'm going to start is going to is going to paint a picture for all races of men to actually talk and express themselves. And because a white man expresses himself does not mean that he's racist. Yeah, that, that is a false narrative that a lot of people are actually pushing um, that, that he's racist because I, I think differently than you. That just means that I'm culturally differently than you. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm biased or I hate you. It just means that I'm, I'm differently than you. And when people are different and they express a different opinion of us, we we automatically go in defense mode. It's almost like a trigger that makes us say, you know what, man, you ain't nothing. You ain't nothing because right. you don't accept what I, you know, I, I say, hey, I, I I respect you, man. I, I, I agree to disagree. Let's agree to disagree. And I'll tell them straight and that, out. And that's look, how it should be. That's how it should be. That's how it should be because just because you're white doesn't mean that you hate me. You invited me, you know, you had you gave me the 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 ability to ha come on your platform, and I'm a black man. What is that telling you? Right. That that's yeah, just that's killing the narrative right there. Right. Because and what we what, so what hard to face, yeah so hard to survive in today's society now, man. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's brutal. It is. It definitely is, man. Um, but I know that uh, guys like you are making it worthwhile. I know that. And I, I appreciate you for actually having me on your 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 podcast, man. Yeah, man. Um, um, yeah, for sure, man. So before we wrap up uh, today's podcast, um, mm -hmm. where can uh, where can our listeners find you on socials? Uh, it's a social man, uh, Chad Perseverance. Um, just yeah, it, it, it's just Chad Perseverance. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I don't really push out a lot of my uh, Instagram, but once I do get the uh, website up and going, you guys can really hit me on there because. That's where I'm going to do a lot of my damage for uh, as far as quotes. Uh, I do a lot of quotes um, that can actually help men and they can actually use those quotes and stuff like that. I'm actually going to in a, in a process of writing a book right now, the, my nice. situation with, with struggles and stuff like that, especially in the, in the court systems and how I, I, I have to endure it and stuff like that. So it's going to actually help a lot of people. Um, I know that, you know, you ended with a, a, a quote. Yeah. I know willingly you ended with the quote and, I have one myself, so um, I'll definitely say mine after yours. I can definitely tell you that. You can go ahead and uh, be my guest and read yours first. All right, man. So uh, my quote often comes at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I often tell people this all the time that um, I believe that it's the Spirit of God, and it's just me. Um, and I believe that it really is the Spirit of God. Um, and I think it, as you listen to it, you kind of understand it. Um, so it says this at 3 o'clock in the morning is quote. What is sacrifice, Chad? It is to take what we love the most and willingly lose it for something greater, even if we ourselves don't benefit from it. For if you lose your most precious item, you are then changed and never the same. Let your sacrifices be so horrific that you've earned a seat at the table of greatness, surrounded by those who have since passed that were great just as you are now. You will be told told secrets of their, their battles, but since you all have suffered, not one will speak of the suffering, but of the triumph. And uh, that was at three o'clock in the morning. I love that. It's powerful. Very powerful. Um, mm -hmm. After after we uh, end this, uh, can you send that quote over to me? That way... I surely can. I'll post it on uh, Instagram whenever this podcast gets posted. I surely can. Um, so I found a quote, um, it's from a Miss uh, Ann Landers, and it reads, it's not what you do for your children, but what you have taught them to do for themselves that will make them successful human beings. 
Wow. Love it. Love it, brother. Very simple. And it hits just as hard. And For sure, brother. I feel when you overcomplicate, you know, your message to people, sometimes it, mm-hmm. it's so easy to sweep it under the rug, right? It's so easy sure. to lose track of what you're trying to push to other people. So mm-hmm. with that being said, man, uh, I just want to say thank you again for your service. Thank you for being on today's podcast. You were a great guest. Hey, man, I appreciate you for having me. Give me the support, man. I appreciate you for your uh, continuously um, supporting the United States military and even our, our police officers out there. Um, just to anybody that's that's struggling, I just want to give you a final message. Um, everything is going to be okay. Uh, you may find yourself in a position that um, that that may be the odds may be against you, but remember this, man. Rome was never built in a day, um, and you have to you you have to know that God is on your side, and you have to take a take a step. Uh, Remy says this as you walk the way appears. A lot of times you're not going to understand the things that you're going to go through. Uh, you're not even going to know if you're going to turn right to left, but you have to understand that it's for a purpose. You have to understand that it's for a purpose. And the more that you walk, the more you understand. Um, so if you are feeling like you have dealing with suicide, calm down, you know, lay down, um, eat something, rest. I guarantee you, your your situation that you're going through right now will exceed this small once you do those things, okay? Uh, everything's going to be all right. It's going to work itself out. You just got to give it time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, man. Couldn't agree with that message more, man. And, you know, for all our listeners as well, um, if you're feeling yourself in a crisis situation, uh, of course, dial the 988 uh, crisis hotline, or you can text home to 741-741. Um, you'll reach a counselor there that can help you with um, your situation as well. So, you know, just to echo Chad's message, you are never alone and we are here for you to support you no matter what. Um, I look forward to your nonprofit being uh, being started and it being shouted out there because I'll definitely help you spread that message, man. And Oh, uh, for sure, man. <clears throat> for all my listeners, thank you again for your constant support, your feedback, and as always, be well and be gentle with yourselves. Till next time, guys, take care. Much love. Peace.